When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi folks, Tino here with the final whistle show as Celtic beat Bucky Thistle 5-0 in the fourth round of the Scottish Cup at a wet and wild Celtic Park. Yeah, I'm joined here by Assam for this one. Assam, welcome back to the show. What was your take on today's game? Yeah, brilliant to just have Celtic back, wasn't it? Um, I didn't quite make it, so fair play to everyone who, who managed to get to the game and, you know, uh, the weather was obviously brutal, but, um, you know, a good good performance, uh, five goals. It's one of those games, you you know, you're never going to get too much credit for it because obviously you're expected to win and you're expected to win comfortably. But as far as um, what we can take from the game, obviously we were looking for a good performance, good goals. Um, seen some of the players that we hadn't seen for a while so we got all that so yeah plenty to talk about um, and overall just a, a real good day at the office like a professional performance it took the words out of my mouth professional performance is definitely the kind of the chat doing the rounds and I, I seen something from Tom English pre-match after Celtic released the lineup. guys like Tom English are always looking to snipe at something or find an angle or find a negative and his chat was oh no homegrown talent in the Celtic lineup for a Scottish Cup tie Brendan Rodgers' responsibility isn't to bring in through homegrown talent in a game like this. His responsibility is to win games of football and win trophies. And I actually thought, I think in general for this tie, Celtic have approached it in the right manner. But I think Brendan Rodgers gave Bucky Thistle the, the respect they deserved and put out a, a pretty strong lineup, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. Like you look at that lineup, it was it was pretty much um, full strength. Obviously, we rested Callum McGregor, but other than that, you've got everyone that was available that you'd, you'd probably expect to see maybe start even next week, start the game. So, um, and I thought as much, I know people had spoke about whether there'll be a lot of changes and a lot of fringe players, but no, I think when you've not played for a few weeks um, and, you know, it's back to competitive action, you just want to get everyone playing again. Get We were on the back of a few good victories before the winter break, so you just wanted to carry on that momentum. And I think we just approached the game brilliantly in terms of the, the tempo was there. I think obviously... We'll, we'll go over all the kind of talking points and, and the game itself. But as far as the lineup goes, I was happy to see that. Um, and as you mentioned, we, we gave Bucky the respect they deserve. I thought they, they put on a, a good performance. You know, they, they kept the score to five when it, when it could have been a lot more. I thought they defended well at times. So, yeah, all in all, I think it was a good day for everyone involved. So, so Dan, and I think, you know, from a Bucky Thistle point of view, I'm sure they'll have had hopes and dreams since, since the tie came out or since the tie was drawn, but they know realistically that they're not going to, you know, take anything, you know, from today in terms of progression into the next round. And on that basis, I think they would far rather face a full-strength Celtic team than a team littered by maybe B team players or, or fringe players. And yeah, you know, just to reiterate, I thought Celtic approached it, you know, the right way all round. They have taken the the opportunity to rest Callum McGregor, and I think it's it's you know. About time they've done so, to be honest with you. The guy plays so much football, yeah. you know, I think he constantly features in the, the charts in terms of yeah. most appearances across European clubs. And I think it was a good opportunity to rest Callum McGregor. But Celtic could do so today, you know, without weakening the side dramatically. Odin Thiago Holm was the guy that got the nod, you know, effectively in at the number six role. How do you think he done, Asim? I thought he, he grew into the game very well. I think um, the first 10, 15 minutes in general was... You know, we were just kind of getting back into the swing of things. We, we weren't playing, you know, fluidly at that point. Um, but I think that's to be expected. Uh, but I think as as soon as he kind of got his goal almost from, from then onwards, I thought he really picked up. And uh, Rogers kind of made pre-match comments, obviously just talking about Callum getting a rest and how he really wanted home to come in and dominate the match and, and really show his presence. And I think that's something he'd maybe failed to do in the few previous starts that he had. I think he's always shown promise. He's a guy that, you know, you know, in terms of you look at the summer signings, there's there's been plenty said about a lot of them, but what kind of consistently people have said about him and I agree with is he does look like someone that has potential to become an important player for us, just maybe not right now, but down the line. Because um, he, when he has started a few games early in the season, I thought he didn't really take them by the scuff of the neck. But today, I think he did everything he needed to do. Um, I thought the midfield three, again, were, were all very good in, in their own way. Um, and I, he took his goal really well, and I thought from then on, he, he did um, he did take his chance, and I thought he had an encouraging performance. 
I think technically he's a very good player, isn't he? You can see the way he takes the ball, the way he takes on the half turn, opens his body yeah. out and, and finds his passes. He could maybe do with with bulking up physically. You know, that's that's up to him. That's his choice as an individual. But yeah. I think he'd benefit, particularly if he's going to play in that number six role where there's a lot of um it can get quite physical, quite, you know, quite challenging, quite robust. Because you've got guys like Awata, you know, waiting in the wings who is a powerful guy, for example. And I think if if that's something that Tiago Home can add to his game. Uh, then he could go into be a very good player. Keeping in mind he's only 21. I think he turned 21 yeah. just a few days ago, so he's got a long time to develop. And I think what you see, you know, it's one thing doing it in training. It's one thing, you know, coming off the bench now and then. But you need to, if you want to prove yourself at Celtic, you need to start games and show why you're in there. Paolo Bernardo is a poster boy for that in recent weeks. He's stepped in and we'll get to him shortly because he's, you know, he's shown some great stuff. And I think that's the example of Thiago Home and others that, if you do get your opportunity, whether it's Carl McGregor getting rested or Rayo Hitati being injured, you need to be ready to come and take it. And that's a chance to Thiago home and, and anyone else has that's waiting in the wings. Yeah, that's the thing. And, and uh, we've touched on it before. We've now got a few positions where everyone seems to be up in their game a wee bit, whether that's centre-back. We've now got competition for places between you know, uh, Navarrochki coming back in, you've got CCV that will be coming back in, so it'll be interesting to see what we go with there. And likewise, in midfield, you've got, obviously, Rio Tati, who's away, but Bernardo's really stepped up to the fore in recent weeks. Um, and then Holmes came in and did well today, and that's what you want, whereas there was parts earlier in the season where everyone was coming in one by one each week and nobody really made that position their own, whether it was Iwata, mm-hmm. Turnbull, Holm, Bernardo even back then so it's good to see that now it's competition for places but it's in the good way rather than people not taking their chance it's the opposite it's given the, the manager a selection headache to make in future games um, you know I, I think obviously we, we'll we'll caveat it you know in terms of the opposition but all you can do when you come in in these games is make sure that you're getting talked about in a good way after the game and I think that's yeah. what a lot of the guys did today uh, you know, it's, these games can easily go in terms of just becoming a bit of a, a snooze fest. You know, you get a couple of goals and things can just peter out. I don't know there was parts in the second half maybe like that, but I thought in general we, we kept the tempo up throughout and that's testament to the players because, as I mentioned, we've all been at these kind of games before where it can easily just fizzle out and the tempo can be slow, the job's done. But I didn't think it was like that. I thought we, we really had a good intensity to us. And I've seen that before with Brendan Rodgers' teams when we come back from winter breaks. We, we tend to start pretty well and, and mean business. And I, that's what was good to see today. We wanted a performance that showed that, right, OK, we're up for it. And, you know, you're really looking forward to next week again. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think from a player point of view, I mean, for Bucky Thistle, that, this, this was and for some time will be the biggest game that a lot of those players will take part in. And, it's easy for them, very easy for them to get motivated. No, you know, no motivation required as such. But from a Celtic point of view, and, and it's not it's not football snobbery, but from a player point of view, it can be hard for some of our top-end players or international players to come out of cold storage, to come out of the winter break and face a team, you know, several tiers below you in terms of the, the Scottish footballing pyramid. And I think there was a real professionalism around that. I don't think we treated them lightly. I think, you know, we've touched on the lineup and just, just the way the individuals approach the game. I don't think sometimes you might see players in these games showboating or taking it lightly or, I don't know, trying things they wouldn't normally do. I don't think Celtic done that, I think, from from the early stages, actually. And it was, you know, it was fairly rigid from, from Bucky in the early, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes. But Celtic just kept chapping the door and, and eventually they got the reward. But it, it wasn't through any cockiness or arrogance. We played like we always played. And I think that's credit to the players. Yeah, 100%. Like, like you said, it's, uh, the Bucky were, you know, they gave it their all and they defended um, well at times. But you, as you said, it's, it's down to our players to make sure that they're they're not, you know, going through the motions. And as you said, that's something that can happen before. So um, I thought, like, you know, first 10 minutes, it was it was a wee bit like that at times. But as soon as we kind of got that opening goal, um, I thought, yeah, the attitude, that's, that's the key thing to take away from these kind of games is make sure they've got the right attitude make sure we're playing with an intensity and it was good to see some of the, the football as well because some of the goals that we scored were really nice and some of the build-up play was was back to what we are, were used to seeing and you know I thought Abada you know I know he was caught offside a lot of times but it was similar to the stuff that we've seen before and, and you've you seen that Kyogo thrives off that you know it's the similar kind of goals that we, yeah. we used to see him getting which was the, the through balls and then the cutback so 
Um, a lot of positive signs to take from that as well. Um, and yeah, I think the manager's comments after the game pretty much summed it up well, which was there was there was a lot to to take positive uh, positive signs from. Um, and every you know, in terms of the, the scoreline as well, it could have been a lot more. But um, yeah, we there were a lot of offside goals, which some of them looked a bit iffy. But uh, I don't know if you've had a chance to see any of them back. <laughs> You know, I've not seen any replays. I've come straight for the game and I've not heard the manager's comments. So keep keep them on ice. We'll, we'll catch them later on in the piece. I'd be interested to hear what Brendan Rodgers yeah. said, you know, about such a game. There's obviously the draw as well. I think the draw takes place at half eight. We're recording just now back at seven o'clock here. So we'll find out soon enough who Celtic get in the next round. Just one other uh, point on the lineup of, before we crack onto the, the match stuff. A um, lot of talk before the game. The romance of the cup. Two cousins squaring off against each other. <laughs> Stephen Welsh at Celtic. Is it Josh Peters, maybe? I'll double check that name, uh, 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 Bucky Thistle. What a dream tale, Stephen Welsh on the bench. Uh, that's just the way it goes. <laughs> so Mike Navrocki got the nod. What, what's your take on where we're at centre half just now? Ask him. Cameron Cattle Vickers, Celtic have obviously been careful with him in terms of reintroducing him after injury. There is some transfer talk. Um, Brendan Rodgers has openly confessed that the club are keen to engage with him and, and have yeah. those talks about an extended deal, which would be great. There's also the transfer speculation. I think it's West Ham. Brentford and maybe Forrest that allegedly uh, are keen on him. What's your take on how Celtic are managing that side of the, the situation? And do you think Navrocki at this moment is the first choice alongside Liam Scales? Uh, no, for me, Carl Vickers is, is still our best defender by, by quite a bit. I know he's, he's maybe not hit the heights this season, largely down to injury, but I still think he's, he's easily our best defender. Um, we're probably just having to manage his game time a bit more. Uh, I've seen the reports, obviously, earlier this week. Uh, I think, like you say, West Ham, Brentford, I can't remember if it was maybe another side linked, um, which, is, which isn't which is ideal, but I think we're, we're going to we're going to have that with some of our best players, the likes of him and O'Reilly. There's going to be interest in them. Um, I don't think we're obviously going to be looking to sell anybody or, one, or anyone that's as important as the likes of them two in January. Um, so I, I'm, I'm confident that won't be an issue. And then today, obviously, there was talks about maybe a new deal. Rogers was asked about that, I think, in one of the, the BBC interviews after the game. Um, and he uh, he just kind of said that you know he not, didn't really give too much in terms of like was he said that there's nothing nothing that's been concrete in that sense in terms of a, a new contract at this stage. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see what happens there. But in terms of uh, our centre back situations, I think we're we're looking at the, the four of them now, isn't it? That will probably be fine for those kind of two positions between Carter Vickers, Scales. Navrochki and probably Stephen Welsh. Um, obviously, there's been chat of maybe Lagerbielka, Kobayashi going out the door. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next week. But I think it'll be those four that will be fighting for the two positions. And, yeah, I think in terms of the centre-back situation, I'm, I'm content with that for now. Um, I think, you know, Navrochki looks like he's he's got something to offer. Um, and now we're looking like we're finally going to see a bit more of him. Um, but uh, if, if CCV's fit, I think he'll he'll come back into the side for for next week. Yeah, and, and I've seen something from Rogers in the last few days saying that he'll certainly be in contention for Ross County, same as New Sign and Nicholas Kuhn. I think they were just being careful with both of them, and, and that makes perfect sense. Just the other side of it, you know, talking about the centre halves, it, as much as they were on the bench today, so Lager Belka's in the bench today, Burnaby's in the bench today as well. But if you can't get minutes against Bucky Thistle, it's all but over, isn't it? I think the writing's on the wall for these guys and, and for the players, actually, as much as you know, for the club, for for supporters and everyone involved, the best move, the healthiest move all round would be to to find a solution in this window, whether that be a permanent transfer or something else. I think Brendan Rodgers, we've gone on about it a few things. He likes to work with a, a tight-knit group and I just think there's too many bodies at Celtic Park. We've gone over this a few times and I'd like to think and hope that we can find moves for these guys in the coming days. Uh, let's get to the match stuff, Asim. So, obviously, you know, fairly... Tight, you know, from a Bucky Thistle point of view for the opening, you know, part of the game. They're fans, brilliant fans, actually, you know, in real good voice throughout the game. And I don't know the final number, but they've certainly, you know, packed in over that, in that corner. And hopefully they all had a good day. Um, but it's Celtic who opened the score, scoring as expected. And it's Paolo Bernardo. And he's just picking up where he left off at him. He's in a, a real good reign of form. He's found goal scoring form, which is important as a midfielder. And it's a classy finish to open the score. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited about him for the, the second half of the season. I think obviously we only seen glimpses of him in the early stages of the season when when it was really Champions League games, and he would he would play a more 
really defensive role. And we all seen he had defensive capabilities. He was he was good in um transition. He was he was good at basically putting in the hard yards, but didn't really offer much in a creative sense. But what we've seen from the last five games now is he's getting in the box a lot more. He's got a good finish on him. We've seen that a couple of times. He's he looks quite silky, creative. He's got a good um, connection building up with Matt O'Reilly now as well in the midfield. So, yeah, he's he's just adding a lot more to his game. And you know, a lot, a lot of people have been saying, Luke, about the whether we should sign him. And I, I think it's too early for all that. I think that we need to see a prolonged run. But in fairness, five games is a is a decent sample size where it's been quite consistent. Like he's, yep. he's you know he's and it's big games, big moments he's having. So if he can carry that on, then then for me it's a no brainer. Um, again, there's been different chat about the, the price involved. But um, for me, if he's he's really helped, and I, I've said it before that I think it's a big part of why we're suddenly looking a lot more settled is that midfield three and the consistency in selection. Um, and yeah, brilliant, brilliant finish, good close control today for the goal. Uh, and as you said, he just picked up where he left off from before the winter break. So that's what three goals now in in five games, a few assists thrown in there. And if you can carry that on, it's you know I think it's it's looking really good for us um, in the second half of the season. So I was I'm looking forward to seeing more of them. Yeah, and I think you know we had a, a situation for a time where we were calling it the you know the midfield lottery, the midfield tombola, where it was Callum McGregor, Matt O'Reilly, and take your pick from any one of yeah. three or four guys between you know Tomoko Iwata, uh, Thiago Home, Bernardo. David Turnbull, they were all just getting wee spells in and out, and we were lacking that consistency Consistency that you mentioned. And I think now that that's settled down, certainly with Bernardo in the last five games or so, it's little wonder you start to see more consistency in terms of your performances and your results. I think that's just, because it's human nature, I don't know if that's the right term, but it's, it's football nature. You know, you yeah. find a more balanced team, and all of a sudden you see those results. And I think for Bernardo, his task will just be to keep this up the, the the challenge is can you do it consistently? So it's yeah. one thing doing it over a spell of four or five weeks, but you then need to maintain that. So can you kick that into February, March? Can you then go for the run in and you know pick up some trophies April, May and keep yourself in the team? So that's the challenge for him. He's twenty-two on what date's this? The twenty-first, Wednesday. His birthday's on Wednesday, the twenty-fourth. So young man, you know, same as Tiago Home, who we'll get to just in a second. Young guys try to, you know, prove themselves in a foreign country. And it's easier said than done. You know, as fans, we we just expect these guys sometimes to just turn it on like robots. You know, you just turn up, you get airlifted in from your country, you land in Glasgow, and you're meant to perform immediately. And that's not how life works, and it's not how football works. He, I'm he, glad he plays to see with that. A, so I was gonna say, he, play, he plays with a maturity beyond his years. You know, he reminds he me a lot of Matt. So that his, his last kind of five games remind me a lot of Matt O'Reilly when Matt O'Reilly mm. first came in the team as well. You know, yeah. Matt O'Reilly just hit the ground running straight away. And obviously with Bernardo, it's maybe taken him a bit, a bit longer. He's, he's you know, getting acclimatised to the Scottish game. and But the way he's playing these last five games, that's what it reminds me of. He's, he's chipping in with, like I say, the goals, the assists. He's, he, he's, he's really good on the ball. He works hard off it. So he's got all the attributes. And as you say, if he can now carry that on, and we've got a, a, a kind of tough fixtures coming up in terms of away games at you know, uh, Hearts, Hibs, Aberdeen and things, if he can carry those kind of performances into those games... Then that will be the true test, like you say, over a over a more consistent period. But he's he's shown all the attributes that uh, suggest that he he's got that well within his you know game to do so. Yeah, brilliant stuff. So good to see from Bernardo, and hope he kicks on. Um, just before we look at Thiago Home, just a, a really interesting stat that's come up or a bit of trivia even. So Celtic have got five different goal scorers today. Bernardo, who I mentioned, has his birthday on Wednesday. Thiago Home's birthday was a few days ago. Kyogo was a couple of days ago. You, you see the pattern, all the January stuff. <laughs> Louis Palma's birthday was on the 17th of January. And guess when Rocco Vata's birthday was? Uh, no, today was it? April, mate. April. April. Interesting enough till we get to Rocco Vata. But Tiago Home, he's got the second goal. And it's been a good day for him, as we say. He stepped in for Callum McGregor. It's a really tidy finish, isn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, he he was he was involved in the move from the. I think it was a given goal he had. Um, I'm not sure. I think it was Matt O'Reilly maybe as well. Actually, yep, I'm not sure. Um, Matt O'Reilly getting in with another couple of assists again. But yeah, he was. Uh, he took it really nicely. First goal for him in front of the home crowd. So that'll that'll hopefully do him up a power of good as well, just for the confidence and because he's been out of the picture um, for quite a while. We, uh, we yep. featured a wee bit and then we went on the kind of poor run, um, and then he's not really featured since. So I think again that's the. Very kind of good management from from Rogers there because you're right in terms of Callum McGregor. We've we've spoke about it for for long enough now how many games he football he plays and how much he could do with that S. So 
him just having that extra week off in a game that we knew we didn't need him and giving the likes of home a chance to kind of build his confidence and he'll be feeling great after that. And football's all about that. It's all about confidence and momentum. And um, if you know if we can get as many of these guys all contributing in and around that strong, hopefully by the end of next week, smaller squad, then I think that's exactly what we need for the for the running. Yeah, I think so. Just from Thiago Holmes' point of view, he's actually not featured or, or certainly not had any competitive minutes in the last 10 games for Celtic. He's either been on the bench but not used or not in the squad altogether. The last time he played at all uh, was off the bench against Motherwell back in the 25th of November. So from his point of view, he'd be looking to kickstart things at Celtic because as much as the team was unsettled in the early phase of the campaign, Asim, he came in at different points and looked quite lively and actually... Yeah his real step back was when he got that red card against uh, Feyenoord out in Rotterdam. It, I'm not, I don't think Brendan Rodgers has punished him for the red card. I don't think that's how he operates. But I think he's maybe put him a wee bit you know, behind the scenes to further develop him at that point. I think there was a naivety about what he'd done. Yeah. And I think he's just needing to, to find his feet because he's a young man with a lot of appearances you know, in Scandinavian football. He's not turned up here as, as an untested young player. He's got a lot of games for such a young player. But I think he needs to learn how to, you know, fit into a Celtic team and what's yeah. required and the concentration that's required for 90 minutes. He can't just do it in, in fits and starts. So he'll be feeling good, you know, about himself today. And maybe he can start to chat the door and get more minutes in the second half of the campaign. Um, the third goal, the game is, you know, very much safe at 2-0. You know, it was never going to be in doubt. But the third goal comes from Kyogo. And I suppose he's another guy who he's been begging for that consistency. Yeah. But I think you make a great point, Asim. Having guys like Abada back, and the way they play and the way they tend to try and get to the byline, that's only good for Kyogo. And that's what we've seen with his third goal, or the third goal of the game. Yeah, and there was one he missed before that, I think, was a Palma cutback. But it's good just to see us creating those kind of chances again, where it's, you know, down the byline, a square ball. And Kyogo's a, a strange one, because I think a lot's been made about his poor form this season. And, and granted, I think gradually it did kind of deteriorate slightly. But... I've said it before and I'll say it again, a lot of it I just felt it was due to our really poor service from the wide areas and you've seen that today, I know again we, we, we kind of take into consideration the opposition but the amount, amount of times we were getting the ball in behind again, you know, and this constant runners, constant movement and that's what he thrives off, um, so he missed one a wee bit earlier in the game but I thought the, the goal the, the two passes, the one from again I think it was O'Reilly through to Abada and then Abada's way to pass for Kyogo was perfect, so that was a really nice goal as well um, the one that was offside, I think, again, similar move. I've kind of lost track because there's about three or four offsides. <laughs> that, that first one, like, if we can just talk about that first offside, I don't know why it took so long. I don't know if there's confusion in the stadium as well, but yeah. it was pretty blatantly offside. But um, I don't know, we'll need, to, we'll need to have an inquest and get the audios released of, of what went <laughs> on there um, because yeah. uh, it was the right decision ultimately, but nah, we still want to know what, what, how they got to that decision. Um, release the audio. Release the audio, indeed. But I, uh, it was, uh, but it was good to see, like I say, Kyogo just kind of getting back into those kind of goal scoring positions. Good for him to get a goal again. Um, and yeah, Abada, he was he was caught offside a lot. But I think just having that kind of player getting in behind the the back line, and he's he's always good for an assist. So that was that was really good to see. Yeah, we've been talking about Kyogo at the moment being Celtic's only recognised number nine, and. Out the blue, we've got Rocco Vata, and, and we'll get to his contribution as well. But realistically, you know, the only senior number nine, the senior striker at the club, is Kyogo. And if you know, worst thing happened, and he picked up a knock today or against Ross County, yeah. you're behind the curve there because we know that O is the only backup, and there's still question marks over O. And he's of course at the Asian Cup at this moment in time. And if Kyogo does get injured anytime soon, and I'm you know not trying to tempt fate, but you would have to resort to putting maybe a badder through the middle, maybe Lewis Palmer, um, maybe Nicholas Kuhn. I, I don't know. But either way, you're playing a, you'd have to play a, a, a player who's not a recognised striker. That's that's not a great position for Celtic Football Club to be in. You know, not to be grandiose about it. You know, different clubs face different challenges, but you must have a backup for your main striker. And to not have anything at this moment mm -hmm. in time, again, it's, it's further signs of poor squad management, Arsenal. No, hundred percent. That's a worry of mine because anytime Kyogo goes down, you you do you do start to suddenly you know you have a gasp and you're wondering because even if O was here, I would still be worried if if, if Kyogo was out for a spell and that's that's telling in itself because it's it's an issue we've had now for over a year that O we don't seem to be able to rely on him consistently. I think he's he's I, I think he's still a decent player and he's still got development to do, but 
he's not someone that, say, for example, Kyogo was to get injured and miss maybe three, four games. And then within those four games, you've got trips to Pataudry or yeah. Tynecastle, Easter Road. But like you said, I don't want to be relying then on having to play a badder through the middle or, or suddenly playing players out of position because it's far too important a season. It's far too important a running. You know, we're, it's a title race we've got on our hands and this isn't the time maybe start having to move players out of position because we've not pre-planned uh, well enough to make sure that we're adequately covered. So, you know, as much as today was a good result and, and we've been on good form, these are a huge last 10 days um, for me in terms of where I see this title going because you're right, we're a couple of injuries away from being light again and having to put square pegs and round holes and, and I just don't want that. Um, you know, we'll, we'll speak about Rocco Vata and maybe that's maybe that's something because that's suddenly had a kind of U-turn it seems in the last 24 yeah. hours as to, to that it just came out of nowhere and again, is that just because we're we're now looking unlikely to be able to get our striker in and it's desperation. I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs of it. So I don't want to speculate too much on that. But uh, if it is, again, that for me is complacency. And again, it's not forward planning um, because we need to have a proper striker that's ready to come in. Whether we've obviously got maybe three or four games without um, O, but even when O's back, I would still want, I've still wanted a third striker. Definitely. And, you know, we know how Celtic play now. They play with, with one striker and have done for some time, you know, going back to Angie's time and, and potentially beyond. But you still need a, a, a bit of backup. And actually, you need genuine competition. It's not just in case Kyogo gets injured. It's to push Kyogo. It's to let him know that if he's not having a good spell or if he's if he's not hit the net for a couple of weeks, then there's somebody waiting in the wings to put pressure on him and to try and get the best out of him. Um, let, let's just cover the Rokovata situation just well. We've touched on it, Asim. It is a very strange situation. So most of us will know that he he just, he just was right out of the picture. He's He's been... Stuck with the B team for most of the campaign so far. And it sounds like reading between the lines, there's been a don't know if a disagreement's the right term, but the, the club and the players seem to have been on different pages. I think there was a deal, or there has been a deal put to, to Rockovata, which he's been reluctant to sign, which has then led to the, the transfer speculation that we've seen over the last week or so. It's a couple of clubs in Italy that seem to be in for him, isn't it? I can't remember the, the teams you might you might Bologna. remember them, but Bologna was Bologna. one. Yeah, and they they took obviously taken a few players, and, yeah. Yeah, Aaron Hickey. So, you know, they, they would potentially be a good move for Rocco Vata. And if he's not featured at Celtic, then then absolutely he should go for it. But I don't think he's not featured at Celtic due to a lack of ability. I think he's a decent player. He's He features as, as part of the Irish international setup at the youth levels. I don't know if it's under 20s or 21s he plays for. But he's there or thereabouts. He's clearly got talent. And there's not many youths being spoken about at Celtic, but Rocco Vata has been one. So it's a pleasant surprise that all of a sudden he he finds uh, minutes today. I, I thought his days were numbered. I didn't think we'd see him in a Celtic shirt ever again. He's only had a few competitive appearances under Ange. And I thought that was it done. So for him, he came out of nowhere, grab his goal, good striker's goal, you know, being in the area to finish it off. And he showed some general good stuff and, and flashes. He was showing up well, holding the ball well. His runs were good. He was bending his runs and, and looking very lively. Looking quite powerful, looking... Looking physical in the way that Thiago Home yeah. potentially could do with, for example. What do you think? Is he a potential option to make an impact in the second half of the season? Um, well, what what age is he? Um, just to confirm, I'll find out. He, yeah, um, he, he, he's not nineteen until April. His birthday's in right, so April. He's, so he's eighteen he's at the still, moment. He's still very young, you know. And yeah. and I think you're right. If you look at him physically, it looks like he's bulked up a bit. Um, He's got the attributes. He's, he's he looks reasonably pacey. He's got a good height on him. Um, I've liked the look of him whenever I've seen him, even under Ange. It was obviously very fleeting um, minutes he got towards the end of last season. But for whatever reason, he's just not featured at all this season, which given how short of options we've been at times, given how we were struggling for quite a wee period, obviously in November, December time, yet still we didn't give him any minutes or he wasn't even in squads so it's just a very strange one in terms of why now there's been different speculation that some people are saying he's been reluctant to sign a contract some people are saying he's not been offered a contract so without knowing the actual ins and outs it's hard but something does seem up in terms of there was like you say maybe not a disagreement but they weren't fully aligned as to to what we wanted for his future and maybe what he wanted then suddenly we've got this u-turn kind of yesterday with the report coming out that maybe we're we're looking to come up with a deal, and um, for for someone who's as, as young as that, I think there is potential there. And again, at the moment, while we're short of attacking options, 
this could be a great time for him to get some game time and, and come on for Kyogo and, and really contribute. So uh, just to, uh, I mentioned, obviously, the manager's comments afterwards, but he was asked about him uh, today and he said, it's funny with Rodgers because like we've spoken about before, everything he says is with a message or he, he's very careful with his words. But again, he gave him praise, but it was almost with a, you know, it was, he, he caveated it by saying he's got a lot of work to do. He said that specifically, he's, you know, he's, he's still got a lot of work to do. So I wonder if that's just, again, he's if there's something behind the scenes maybe where Vata feels he should be getting more game time and Rodgers kind of just trying to manage his expectations and maybe feels he's not fully there yet. Or maybe it was a maybe it was a physicality thing where he didn't feel he was fully ready to and, and he's gone away and worked on that. It could be a number of things. But, um, yeah, I would like to keep a hold of him. See, when you've got talent like that, and again, like if you say he's, what, 17 or 18? Did you say 17 or 18? He's 18 just now. He's 18, yeah. So, like, at that age, you don't want our best talents to be going away. We've seen that before with, with Ben Doak and, and the boy that went to Bayern Munich. And we, you want to be keeping these guys because if, if Bologna think he's good enough to take over to play in Serie A, he's obviously, mm-hmm. he's obviously a talent. Um, so you'd rather be keeping a hold of him. Uh, and, again, because of the, the lack of attacking options right now, you'd imagine that you'll be the first uh, forward coming on next week, potentially, if he's still here. Mm-hmm. So this could be a chance where the, the something could be ironed out. Um, and, and I'd like to see that because I do think there's, there's potential there in them. Yeah, I think there's clearly talent and it's going to be really interesting to see. I think all of a sudden now there's there's fresh hope that he stays in this window because you're spot on. You want to see your homegrown talents come through. It's, it's something that has always excited Celtic fans and we've not had enough of it in recent years. And the poster boys for the academy had guys like Callum McGregor, Kieran Tierney, James Forrest. But over a 20-odd year period, and there's one or two others that I've not mentioned, but it's not enough over that 20 years, so whether it's Rocco Vata or somebody else coming through, I think we'd all like to see it. I've just got pictures of, of Rudy Vata up at Lennox Town getting Rodgers with a scruff <laughs> of the neck, asking why, he's, why we're not playing his boy, but hopefully everyone can uh, settle things down. I've moved on from the first half, but I should have picked up on, a, on an important moment in the game at 2-0 up, uh, and credit where it's due, a couple of folk have mentioned, Joe Hart making a big save, so Celtic are 2-0 down, Forgive me, I don't know the striker that went through on goal, but I was talking to someone after the game and that boy will be playing that moment back in his head, <laughs> potentially for the rest of his life, you know, the chance to, to score against Celtic. But At Joe Hart, yeah, and as the comment says, Joe Hart yet again showing up, uh, those who said he'd lost it. Repeatedly in games, the big man comes up with the answers and I think someone else mentioned further up that, yeah, Bucky should have made it 2-1. Um, good concentration from freezing Joe. And it's a valid point because, listen, it's not a nice day out there. The wind and rain is swirling around Celtic Park. Joe Hart's out there with the short sleeves on for some reason. Going all Bruni slash KT. Don't know what he was thinking. But he's done well. He's had to concentrate. He's had to you know, stay focused and switched on. There's always a chance that any team, Bucky Thistle otherwise, will get an opportunity. They did. But Joe Hart stepped up. And you've got to give him credit, Asim. I think Celtic will definitely be looking to replace him in the summer. But credit where it's due, he steps up when he's required. Yeah, he's he's pulled off a few good saves. Um, you know, I'm thinking back to the St Johnston game, and um, is it Paddy of the channel that's it's not his number number one fan at the moment? <laughs> I think he but, wishes him all the best in his future yeah. endeavours. <laughs> no, I'm the same. I've I've been happy with Joe Hart as a signing. I think he's been a, a fundamental uh, contributor in, in the last two seasons. I think he was vital in that first season with Ange in terms of just being that experienced you know, head in, in the jet dressing room and just in general, his performances were good. But, you know, gradually some of his frailties have shown up and, and again, this season that's been the case. But credit where it's due, I think he's he stepped up in big moments there. Well, I say a big moment, but that, you know, they're through at 2-0 and if we'd conceded there, you know, you, you, you can imagine there would have been grumblings and, you know, why are we conceding a goal to... But I thought that was a good save. One-on-one he was through and made himself big. So, yeah, credit where it's due, especially in, like you say, these tough conditions where in a game where he's got nothing to do pretty much other than that, so you know that's where the true test is: can he keep the concentration? Can he can he make sure that when he's called upon, he's there? Um, and and he sure was. So yeah, um, I, I think everyone's kind of came to the realization that we're not going to be signing a goalkeeper probably in the January window, and it's something that we'll we'll address in the summer. And I'm I'm comfortable with that for now. To be honest, I think um, it would do us more harm than good. Probably try to you know change the goalkeeping situation at this stage. Yeah, that's where I'm at. I think Joe Hart's been great for Celtic. Celtic's been great for him. I think he's more than capable of getting us over the line uh, across the rest of this campaign. And then in the summer, we can look at it. Just on the, the Bucky Thistle things, obviously, they, they missed their big opportunity then. And I can't remember if it was at 3-0 or 4-0 to Celtic. They had a VAR penalty claim. 
And a yeah. wee bit of me, a wee bit of me wanted them to get the penalty just for the, <laughs> to have their moment. Am I wrong to think like that? Is that how did you feel at that moment? I didn't. I, did, I just feel like I, I'm kind of in ruthless mode right now with Celtic, and you know, you just want us to just kind of keep monitoring, clean sheets, lots of goals. Um, yeah, the fairy tale of the cup and for Bucky to get. A, a, I actually thought they would have given it for that very reason. It was never a penalty. It was. No. It was very soft. Um, it was kind of they were both having a wee tug at each other. So I don't. I don't think it was anything, and it was the right decision not to. But yeah, um, obviously for the fairy tale aspect. But uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in that camp right now. I just want us to kind of keep motoring and just really be ruthless. And I think the manager and the players seem like they're in that same mood. So yeah, I, I was. I was happy to keep that clean sheet. You're a, you're a harsh man, so maybe I'm getting shorter <laughs> as I get older, but uh, that's the way it goes. So, yeah, no penalty, and, and they never got their moment. Um, Back to, you know, the action. So, obviously, Celtic make it 4-0 pretty early in the second half. It's Louis Palmer. Um, It's a tidy finish again, and he's a guy that's come in for a bit of stick. I like him. I really like him, actually. I think he's his numbers stack up well. He's in the Abada world where sometimes yeah, yeah. the on-the-ball stuff's a bit cheap. He, he gave it away. I thought a couple of times he tried to take on the, the fullback in the first half didn't quite get it right, but he continually chips in. He needs to improve, of course he does, but his numbers generally for assists and goals do stack up well for his time so far in a Celtic shot. Yeah, I, I thought that was a kind of microcosm of his season so far in terms of largely frustrating at points in terms of his he gives the ball away sometimes, he, he, you know, his, his tracking back isn't always there. Um, he, can be, he can be a frustrating watch at times, I feel, but then... He's also got that capability that a lot of other players probably don't have, which is he can produce bits of magic, as we've seen so often in the season, whether it's assists, is it's finishing sometimes from outside the box. I thought it was another really well-taken goal today, another great finish. He nearly had an assist right after it for Abada, which Abada should have scored, um, yes. and he just put it past the post. So again, it would have been another addition to his numbers in terms of assists. But yeah, he, he's a, I think for a guy who's, who's came into the country, he's still relatively young as well. He's just turned 23. Uh, or 24, one of the two, but um, yeah, his, his numbers are great, he's, he's contributed some big moments, scored in the Champions League, some some lovely finishes, some lovely assists, so I think in terms of the, the first six months, it's, it's definitely a pass mark, it's, it's probably our, yeah, it is our best signing from the summer, um, yeah. and he's, he's, like you said, he's still got improvements to go, and you just hope again, working under someone like Rodgers, he'll, he'll iron those things out, where it's just a bit, a bit wasteful sometimes, a bit careless, you just want our and I, I know that comes with wingers. I've said it before. I wonder if he's better suited as a ten, but mm. um, you know, just because of his kind of sometimes lack of pace. But he's got the technical ability. So where you're, when you're playing more central, I feel like he can get away with that, and he, he's more creative. But um, yeah, it's good just to have him again getting back in the goals and assists, uh, and and hopefully he can kick on from that again. But yeah, it was it was a really well taken goal, uh, and you just you just want him to keep. Like you say, working on his game and improving the kind of things that we spoke about, which which has just maybe sometimes been a bit careless on the ball and giving it away too easily. Yeah, and I do think he's in a good place to develop under Brendan Rodgers. And I actually wonder, like a few other guys, I think of Yang as well and, and one or two others, potentially Louis Palmer, the plan wasn't to give him as much game time as he's had so far. Celtic going into the summer would have expected Leal Abada and Dais Maeda to be your starting wingers with other guys maybe featuring off the oh, bench. And, yeah, and probably Jota. They didn't probably expect him to leave. So, correct. You know. Yeah. So all of a sudden, he's he's been pitched in, and he showed up particularly well on some occasions and not so well on other occasions, yeah. and I think that's just part of player development. And I do think now that Nicholas Kuhn has also come in to add to the competition in the wide areas, I think that'll create a situation where Palmer, he'll start some, he won't start others, yeah. but that in itself should push him on to... You know, to kickstart his own development and to, you know, to to improve on what he brings to the table. So I think he's in a decent place. I agree. I mean, James, I think gets quite frustrated with him. Um, I think Paddy might be similar. I've got a wee bit more patience for him. You know, as a player, I, maybe it's, again it's a softness creeping into me. Ask him, you know, because Mikey Johnson <laughs> in that bracket. But oh, I do think he's a talent. But I think he's got, you know, like most players at Celtic. Celtic don't generally have the finished article. It's just yeah. where we're at. If they it's were, not they're not going to be. Yeah, if they were, they wouldn't be here. You know, and, yeah, and, or they'd be quickly snapped up. It's not to dismiss the talents we've got. There's guys that are performing at a very good level, but were they to move into a higher bracket again, they'd they'd be moving on from Celtic, and that's just the way it goes. So I think Palma has has development to go. Absolutely, but I like him. I think he's got talent. Um, I've touched on him, and, and what would a Celtic exchange episode be without a mention of Mikey Johnson? <laughs> I think his days are numbered. I've I've got to be honest about it. 
I, I can't repeat anymore how much a fan I've generally been of him, but I just think that he's failed to take this pretty decent opportunity he's had over the last six yeah. weeks. You know, there's been injuries and Asian Cups and different things going on which have presented opportunities for Mikey. He's done okay at times. He got a couple of goals against Dundee. He's got the assist for, for Rocco Vata today. But by and large, you'd have to say that he's not quite taken the opportunity. And in the background, Dyson Maeda's come back to fitness. Lee Alabada is back to fitness. And Nicholas Kuhn has now signed for the club. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's all over for Mikey Assam? And um, despite, yeah. you know, the today, is it too little too late? I, I hope so, and I think so. Um, again, I know, I know nothing, nothing against him, but as you said, it's it's rare for some for for Mikey to have a run of five or six games, which he had during that phase in throughout November and December. He didn't take it. He didn't take that chance when we really needed someone to come in and and take games by the scruff of the neck and really kind of get us out of that poor rut that we were in. And he just didn't um, for me. And I think again, you see him come in games like today, and he looks bright, and then everyone will be like, okay. You know, that's the pattern we've had throughout his time, is you see wee glimpses and you, you get excited and you think maybe um, he's, he's got something there, which he does. But I just think it's sometimes playing for Celtic, you need to have a certain personality as well. And I think that's where the likes of Mikey Johnson, and I think I'll put Turnbull into that category as well. Good players, good technical players that will, will have decent careers. But I think the weight of playing for Celtic sometimes is shown on them. You know, where mm. they, they have really decent spells in certain games, but then when you when you then expect that consistency in a bigger game or over a run of games, you just don't see it. You know, and it's yeah. it's just having that kind of personality. And and Rogers talks about that a lot, personality. And that's something that is important. Um and I just wonder if that's just that just where the two of them maybe are you know, better off finding finding another club where they can... Because you look at Turnbull when he was at Motherwell. I know I've kind of drifted onto Turnbull, but he didn't even get on today, did he? So, you know... I don't think he was even in the squad. Yeah, was he not, right? So there's, a, I think the, the two of them are ones that are kind of, you're probably thinking their time's up. But when he was at Motherwell, he was like the main man. He would try and dictate games and things. He just doesn't do that with us. Um, same with Mikey Johnson. He has moments where, like today, he can beat a man. Over over a more consistent period of time, I just feel he's failed to do it. Um, I didn't think we'd see him uh, again. You know, I was, I was surprised when he was kind of the one to come on. But I guess because obviously Maida's away, Yang's away, it makes sense. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I would like to think in the next week or so we'll we'll have another move for him. But you just don't know what's going on behind the scenes right now. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot going on that, that we won't hear about until till the moves are made. Apologies, Turnbull was on the bench today, but I think, yeah. like Mikey Johnson, the, the time is potentially up. And I, I really strongly agree with your point on personality. There's so many guys that have come to Celtic over the years who clearly have been talented individuals, but not, have not had the mindset or the personality to to go and do their thing in a Celtic shirt. You know, they say it's a heavy shirt and all these kind of things. Yeah. And I think certain players do struggle with it. And the Turnbull example at Motherwell is a great one because when he was wearing a Motherwell shirt, he had the personality. He he yes. was the scruff of the neck guy that just took control of games, dictated the midfield, and scored some really important goals for them. But he's not been able to replicate that in green and white, or certainly not consistently. And the same as Mikey Johnson, we've seen flashes of Mikey, some great stuff. But I touched on it with, with Paolo Bernardo earlier on. It's not good enough to do it now and then every fortnight or for three weeks in a row and then not again for another month. You need to do it consistently at Celtic to, to make it. And I think that's where these guys fall down. They don't fall down because they don't have the talent. Yeah. They fall down because they've not been able to apply it on a, on a regular basis. And I think that's that's unfortunately what might lead to them moving on. David Turnbull's obviously in a situation now where he can sign a pre-contract. His contract expires now in the summer, so he's months away. And I think Mikey's got a year in the summer on his deal. So I think those two, amongst several others that we don't have time to cover today, might well find themselves yeah. with new clubs kind of soon. Um, the other subs, we've touched on Rocco Vata, some really positive stuff there. Touched on Mikey. The other subs that came on in the day, Tony Ralston and Stephen Welsh. We know what we get with them, generally speaking, and we'll probably see a wee bit more of Stephen Welsh as, as Rogers plays about with his centre-halves moving forward. But Daniel Kelly came on today as well. Yeah. Not a lot to show, but... I do like the fact that, so, to, to counteract Tom English's point that I made earlier on, no homegrown talent starting for Celtic, but it is important to introduce homegrown talent in a game like today when you've got the opportunity to do so at 3-0 up and 4-0 up. So, in addition to Rocco Vata, it's encouraging for all concerned, it's encouraging for supporters, but it's also encouraging for young footballers at Celtic to see lads like Daniel Kelly and Rocco Vata get the opportunity. 
yeah, he's he's not a name I'd heard much about, so it was it was a, a good it was his debut today, wasn't it as well? So I think so. Eighteen um, years of age. Yeah, yeah. So you're right. It's good to show youngsters that there's a pathway there to the, to the first team, and like you say, the likes of Vata is one that people have been screaming out for for quite a while. So you know, I'm I'm hoping that something can be done there with him in terms of getting him more minutes, um, and even just in general, if if ever there's a game to get these youngsters on, it is. It is like today, you know, because it was a you knew we were going to win, you know, we were going to win comfortably, and it's just a great experience for these guys to get out there playing a competitive game in front of the home crowd. Gives them a bit of confidence, gives them a bit of hope that you know there is there is an avenue on. Because I think you look at it a lot of the time that, that's what was so frustrating about the summer. We went and bought youngsters from other countries, uh, you know, like the the, the Quad and Wagabielka um, and home and. But then we've not even really given our own youngsters a, a, a right good chance to, to see what they can do. And the fact that a lot of the, the guys we brought in, even Tilly on things, they've had barely had any game time. So you end you end up wondering, can are the guys that we've got, the, the homegrown youngsters, can they be any less effective than the ones that we've tried and haven't haven't worked? So, yeah, I think that was an encouraging thing. And again, Rogers mentioned um, Kelly afterwards and was, was really happy for him. He's, so I think all in all, it was a very kind of encouraging day in that sense as well. Like, yeah. You're giving you're giving these guys a chance, um, and that that bodes well for the future. Yeah, I think it's it's encouraging for all concerned. As I'm just as we're starting to kind of head towards the end of today's episode, um, anything in general you can tell us about Brendan Rogers' comments? As I say, I, I've not picked up on them just yet. So anything generally there, and also your own kind of closing comments on on where we now find ourselves with particular regard to the transfer window. We've now got ten days to go, ten days in counting. Um, on the part of the next game is Ross County next Saturday, but actually that falls into the background right now. We've got such an important week ahead, haven't we? Yeah, um, yeah. But in terms of Rogers' comments, kind of standard, obviously, just after a kind of routine win. But he he seemed in good spirits. He seemed very pleased with the performance and and the intensity and the kind of attitude that we showed. And I think that's pretty fair, fair assessment. I was I don't think anyone will come away from that game today with any complaints. And and like I said, you can often have these kind of games where it's you know best quickly forgotten which it was it was a it was an encouraging display i think we did everything asked of us um and roger seemed pleased with that he he obviously mentioned the two youngsters vata and um kelly he, he spoke about vata and just again like i said i find his comments quite interesting there because it wasn't you know you're just typical full of praise he, he kind of caveated it with saying he's got work to do which again yeah you can take that two ways but rogers has done that quite a few times this year when he's when he's plays praised players he always you know, um, balance it out with with things that you may feel that they need to work on. So you wonder maybe it's an attitude thing or something behind the scenes that he's looking to to see more of. But that was encouraging, and yeah, it just seems like we're in we're in a good place. We're we're looking like we're all set for the the restart now, and and obviously next week can't come quick enough. I'm looking forward to that. I think um, it's a great fixture as well, home one against Ross County. I think you couldn't really handpick a, a better fixture to return to. Yeah. Domestic league action. Um, obviously, hope we'll, the fans will be excited to maybe see a bit of Kuhn if he's fit for that one. Um, and yeah, as you mentioned, ten days. I, I've I've stayed patient. I've stayed quite calm and relaxed in terms of the transfer activity. I know a lot of fans are are, are getting a bit frustrated, and and as time goes on, I'll I'll admit I'm I'm looking at it as well. I'm thinking right, we've got a title to win. You know, there's sixteen games to go. It's not a lot of games. Yeah. Go out there and make sure we give ourselves the best chance possible. And I think if we don't address these areas where we're not really covered adequately, and that mainly the left back area, we need we need cover, or not not just cover. We need a sign in there that is going to take us up a level. Yeah. Um, and similarly, the striking area. You know, you just don't want us to end up having these games where we're struggling to break a team down, and you then we're going to have what ifs. You know, what if we had bought that striker? You know, you go back to under Gordon Strachan when we didn't sign Stephen Fletcher. And, yeah, that forever became that season that everyone talks about. If only we'd signed Stephen Fletcher. I don't want that kind of situation. Let's make sure we get a striker in, get a left back in, give ourselves the best possible chance to win this title. And we all know how important that is. And look, we're in a good place. We're eight points clear, granted two games in hand, but we're in the driving seat. We were we're the form team. So let's just carry on that feel good momentum and not not get complacent just by because you know we've got players back and you know the oh they're like new signings, the old cliches. Um I think it's a big 10 days. Oh, Rogers was asked, I think, something about um, will there be transfer activity or something like that? And he, he said, probably. I didn't hear it. It was just a, a quote I seen that someone sent me. So uh, I don't know whether that was a, an encouraging, probably, or <laughs> the other way around. So we'll see. 
Instead, I probably I'd love to have heard definitely, but we'll need to wait and see what happens. I'm in a similar position to yourself, Asim. I'm not I'm not panicking just yet. I'm not I'm not fully pressing the panic button, but it is just over there, just out of reach at the end of that sofa. Because I'd love to Celtic have to to have signed guys in the first week of the window, or, or, or you know, certainly in the early part of it. But I appreciate and understand that buying talented players is a complex thing, and there's lots of moving parts and. You sometimes need other guys to be signed elsewhere for things to yeah. move on if it's in a chain, all these kind of things. You might have seen the the chat there. Uh, Liverpool played Bournemouth today uh, and Owen Beck came on in the last seven, seven minutes and I gave them one in 3 now. And I think the rule is that that rules him out of coming up on loan to Celtic. I don't know if, if on a permanent basis, though, he could Not be right signed. We can't, That's sign it. Him. we can't sign him permanently just now. So I was I was quite frustrated about that because he's a name I'm quite excited about. You know, these, yeah. There's a lot of chat about him, and he, uh, from what I've seen him when he played against us, I thought he dealt with with Maeda really well. Um, you know, people say he's, he's very similar to Andy Robertson in style of play, and that was one that I was looking at and thinking, you know, that would be a good permanent move if we could get mm. him or even a loan to buy option. So, him coming on when Liverpool are already three up with seven minutes to go was a bit of a uh, a slap in the face to that one because obviously that means he can't move anywhere now. So, I don't know if they've got an in- obviously a Robertson's injured, but. Um, I don't know. They've obviously they they see him as an important uh, part of their squad for the the remainder of the season because they're still in three competitions as well. So or maybe four yeah. even. So um, yeah, frustrating. But it just means again, let's let's get a move on and, and find a find an alternative option if if he was our number one target. Yeah, maybe so. And, and Liverpool must see something in him, which I suppose it's encouraging that Celtic are looking at a talented player like that. And I suppose Jurgen Klopp's responsibilities to Liverpool and then winning games right. of football and, and less so about Celtic. So we'll just need to wait and see what happens there, wait and see what happens in the striker position. Um, but as I'm obviously, you know, on today, Celtic 5, Bucky now. I think a good occasion all round. I think Bucky will have enjoyed the experience. But from Celtic's point of view, it's all about being in the hat. The draw will be in around about yeah. half an hour or so. But your own final comments, Asim, for tonight. Yep, uh, everything you could have hoped for from today. Obviously, I had a few more. I'd predicted 6 0. I thought I was going to get my prediction. But yeah, um, happy with that. Obviously, a professional, encouraging performance. Good to see the likes of Abada get a start again and looking looking bright, getting in the assists. Good to see Kyogo scoring again. Some other nice goals from, from Palma and Bernardo. So overall, honestly, couldn't ask for more from, from that fixture. Um, a, a good day all round. Obviously, Bucky will have loved the occasion as well. Um, and now just onwards and upwards, you know, I think today was one of those we knew, we kind of knew we were going to win it. So it was all just about getting the job done professionally. Look forward to the draw, hopefully another decent tie. Um, and then we can we can all concentrate now on, on Ross County next week. And that's when the, the serious business really starts. But, um, you know, you look at it from about a month or a month ago, um, we're in a much better place now, Tino. So you just hope that we can crack on with the signings um, and, yeah, all, all looking forward to next week now. Yeah, definitely. And remember, not that long ago, we were saying that Celtic hadn't managed to string three wins together, you know, consecutively right. across the season. We're now at five wins on the bounce. And, and to your point, Aston, we're in a good place just now. And the real stuff does kick off next week against Ross County. But in the meantime, a good day for all uh, as Celtic win 5 0 v Bucky Thistle. My thanks to Aston for joining me today. Thanks for everyone who joined on the YouTube live. And also, if you're listening uh, in podcast form, we really appreciate the support. We'll be back tomorrow night with uh, the weekly show, as always. But in the meantime, for myself and Aston, thanks for tuning in and we'll see you soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.